0: Welcome to Rag Bag. My name's Frank Burton. If you're new to this show, welcome along to the greatest music podcast on the planet. Regular listeners are welcome too, of course, most of you are anyway. There's a few of you I prefer to um, take your attention elsewhere. I do try my best to put you off, but still, you persist, fortnight after fortnight. How can people as annoying as you have such impeccable taste? It's beyond me. Anyway.
1: 3 to molecules per cubic millimeter.
0: This edition is sponsored by The Rodriguez Solution, a 100% natural, herbal alternative to illegal truth serum. Do you have a cheating partner who refuses to come clean? Friends or family members with shocking secrets to expose? Or do you just fancy winding up your mates or something? Rodriguez solution capsules taste exactly like mints, and who doesn't like mints? Let me stress, this is 100% safe and legal. Possible side effects include hair loss and severe itching. Always read the label. The Rodriguez solution, because the truth is in there. I'm not sure if that's an actual patented catchphrase, actually, guys. I'm only pointing that out because our previous sponsor Hamlin's Badger Burgers have been taken to court for copyright infringement by the other Hamlins, you know, the toy shop. In hindsight, I knew I'd seen that logo somewhere before. Shoddy work, if I'm honest. I had some fairly negative feedback on your product as well if you're listening guys. That explains why badger meat is considered a delicacy in 0% of the world's human population, says one disgruntled consumer. I have high hopes for the Rodriguez solution. All the best to you guys. I took two of your tablets about an hour ago, and just to see what would happen. I haven't actually noticed any discernible difference. I guess that means I'm a pretty honest man. Shout out to Mark Wellsong. He says, Frank, I'm wondering if you can tell me the origins of the word nincompoop. Have you mistaken me for Answer Me This or, or a similar podcast to that? Um... Or have you simply been getting confused between podcasts and search engines? The fact that you emailed me suggests that you do have internet access. Trust me, if you genuinely don't know what a search engine is, you're in for a real treat. I promise you that, a real treat. Try um, www.google.com. That's uh, G double O-G-L-E like the number Google it'll save you a lot of time anyway seen as you asked I looked into it and have discovered that the word nincompoop is of unknown origin that's a shame isn't it it does seem like the sort of word that would have you know an interesting and quirky story behind it apparently not just as well this isn't going to be a regular feature And that's not your cue to start inundating me with emails about the origins of words. I'm a source of wisdom, guys, not factual information. And as mentioned last time, the guru is indeed back in action. I'll be taking your questions um, on today's show. Um, Philomena says, do you have any advice for a millennial who wants to get on the property ladder? What, what's a millennial? Don't know what you're on about. What's a, what's a property ladder? I can't help if you don't clearly define your terminology. Lala has been in touch to say, um, I have a debilitating fear of confined spaces. Any thoughts on overcoming this? I don't know. How should I know that? any sensible questions please do uh, get in touch send them my way more than happy to help I killed a man once. I was driving in the early morning half asleep having just woken 10 minutes earlier and speeding because I was late for work. I closed my eyes and when I opened them I was seconds away from colliding with a pedestrian on a zebra crossing. I slammed on the brakes too late. As he struck the front bumper I came face to face with him, this stranger I was part way through destroying time slowed down for a second we looked one another in the eye it was like a freeze frame the look on his face was strangely apologetic perhaps an instant response to my own expression of horror he had the look of a man who knew he was doomed and accepted his fate in the split second he had available to do so for that small fraction of a moment we gazed into each other's eyes a real human connection, the likes of which I rarely encountered in day-to-day life. A moment later his body was flung into the air. He crash-landed head-first on the concrete. I didn't stop to consider my next move. I put my foot to the floor and drove the hell out of there. Had there been any witnesses? No one I spotted. Cameras? No idea. i just had to wait and see if the cops turned up on my doorstep. In the meantime, I had my car crushed and walked to work the following day. I took the same route, returning to the scene of the crime, expecting there to be a sign-up or something with a police appeal for witnesses, some flowers laid out for the guy I'd killed, but there was nothing. I checked the local news. No reports of a hit and run. But there had been a hit and run. I was there. It was me doing the hitting and the running. But what about the person I left behind? He kind of just disappeared. I couldn't stop thinking about his face. It was right there in front of me, superimposed over everything I looked at. I'd have recognised him anywhere. And then, a few weeks later, I did recognise him. He was alive. He was shopping. He was walking with a limp. He had a large scar on the side of his head, but he seemed otherwise unharmed. I went right up to him. I went to fling my arms around him and kiss him on the cheek, but he didn't feel appropriate. Hey, I said. Oh, he said, hi. I am so sorry. I know, he said. I thought I'd killed you. He shrugged. You didn't. So what happened? Why didn't you report me? Well after you drove off, I picked myself up off the street and I took a cab to the hospital. I didn't want to grass you up so I told them I'd fallen down. Nothing was broken, just lots of bruising. You didn't want to grass me up? It was unforgivable. It was an accident, he said. I saw it in your face, you were tired. And you were on your way to work. It's not like you've been drinking or anything. You got all that, just from my facial expression. Well, time kind of slowed down, didn't it? I got a proper good look at you. You're right, yeah, time did slow down, didn't it? Like it would have done in a film or something. We looked at each other, not saying anything for a while. It did it again just now, he said. Time just slowed down again, did you notice that? Yeah, I said. That was weird.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Jim Hankey, and I'm the host of Vinyl Emergency, a podcast where musicians, producers, comedians, and those who dream up, press, release, or collect vinyl records discuss their relationship with the medium today as well as in their formative youth. Artwork that has stood the test of time, neighborhood record stores we remember, the first albums we ever bought, vinyl's warmth and sound, the tangible object of a vinyl record can bring forth so many intangible memories, and that's what we try to capture on the show. Guests have included Roseanne Cash, Ben Montench of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Brian Stack from Conan and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Ted Leo, Lily Hyatt, and Dave Porter of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. We've been known to do an episode or two in front of the live audience as well, and we also talk to everyday record collectors about what drives their passion. We even have episodes dedicated to the processes of mastering for vinyl, properly cleaning your records, the feeling of standing in line for hours on record store day, and much more tune into vinyl emergency however you get your podcasts visit us on facebook twitter and instagram at vinyl emergency or stop by our website vinylemergency.com
3: do you like sci-fi ai and technology do you enjoy going on tangents and down random rabbit holes of a subject then join me and my friends each week on Brokebot Mountain as some artificially intelligent people attempt to walk through a maze that explores themes of existence and free thought in sci-fi TV, movies, and books. The conversations are unique and bring an unusual perspective to the genre and can literally go anywhere, and we do mean anywhere. You can find us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com or look for Brokebot Mountain on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts.
4: Supper them and suffer them and suffer too long. Tell them you'd be careful in a wicked Babylon. Tell them you'd be careful. Show them how to live in a world of gun crime. Tell them you'd be careful. Now, peace, now love them, promote. Wild and surround them, promote. Now, peace, now love them, promote. violence around. surround. 'em you, big couple. Suffer them, I suffer them, I suffer too long. Tell you, big couple. In a weekly party, long out. Yo. Tell you, big couple. Show them how to live in a world of wrong crime. You would think i I love them from both Violence around Tell you'd be careful Suffer them, I suffer them I suffer too long Tell you'd be careful In a wicked Babylon Tell you'd be careful Show them how to live In a world of wrong crime Tell you'd be careful Please take them peace of Some of them are not down some of them run downtown But you can't knock them from the ghetto Some of them are downtown Some of them run downtown But you can't knock them from the
0: Rearranging the furniture now. Uh, Welcome return to this feature. A few people have been in touch to let me know about the scenery of our lives being disrupted by a theoretical group of situationist vandals. Jerry in Toronto says, I saw a hardback edition of the complete works of Shakespeare in a brown paper bag in a bird's nest right at the top of our oak tree. The birds didn't put it there, that's for sure. Unless um, a group of them pulled the book up there together, perhaps, I don't know. Maybe they're Shakespeare fans. Janie in Fiji says, I saw ten rolls of wallpaper and a large pot of wallpaper paste, sitting unopened at the top of a mountain I just climbed. They were in mint condition, so they can't have been there for too long. Anyway, no one's claimed them, so they're mine now. I'm not sure how I feel about that Janie. I think the principle here ought to be notice the thing, observe it and leave it alone. Get yourself back to the top of that mountain and put that wallpaper back where you found it. Go on, I'm serious. Take a picture to prove you've done it, yeah? Steve spotted an ornamental miniature aircraft. Solid gold by the looks of things at the bottom of his box of cinema popcorn and he left it there. That's the way to do it, Steve. Hats off to you. Miriam has been in touch to say, I love your rearranging the furniture feature. So do I, Miriam. We should do it every time. She says, I love your rearranging the furniture feature because it's reassuring to hear I'm not the only one who feels the world is constantly shifting itself imperceptibly out of shape. But here's a new thing I've found. I've started waking up in the morning and looking out of my window and seeing that everything is exactly the way it was the previous day. I'll walk into my living room and everything will be the same as I left it. On my journey into work I'll see the exact same people, smell the same smells, notice nothing out of the ordinary whatsoever. The world is becoming a predictable place and it's freaking me out. Looks like you got no choice but to disrupt a few things yourself, Miriam. If this is going to keep you, you know, sane and everything, think of a random word or phrase, I don't know, cheese grater, something like that. Next time you're out in the street or on a crowded train, shout it out cheese grater. Maybe you'll make someone's day. You might even make your own. Good luck with that. Shout out to Benedict Cumberbatch's agent who sent me a quite strongly worded email. Apparently Mr Cumberbatch was a little embarrassed that I'd publicly rejected him. Now, come on guys, I wasn't rejecting him as such, I was just saying I don't have a use for him. Honestly, if I had him on the podcast, I don't even know what I'd talk to him about. I don't even know who he is. I don't see how he could be taking offence at that. It's not my field of expertise. I said exactly the same thing to Steve Buscemi. I appreciate your support and I like the fact that you like me, but unfortunately, you're an actor this isn't a showbiz kind of show unless you want to form a band or something send me a demo if that's any good I'll consider playing it at some point. I can't just have you on so you can plug your latest film I'll be obliged to watch it myself just to check it was good and I'm sure it's very good but I can't be bothered to go to the cinema the last film I saw at the cinema was Turner and Hooch Turner and County Down. There's collecting Pixar Finger Puppets and there is stockpiling Pixar Finger Puppets. What you're doing, as you well know, is stockpiling Pixar Finger Puppets. What are you playing at? What do you know that we don't know?
1: fire is dying, my dog and I are old, too old for roving, man whose young passion sets the spin-diffed flying, soon too lame to march, too cold for loving, I take my boat, and gather to the fire turning old yellow leaves. minute by minute the clock ticks to my heart, a withered choir. Your cornlands or your valleys ever again, nor share the battle yonder where the young knights of broken squadron rally. Only sit quiet while my mind remembers the beauty of fire from the beauty of embers.
0: Langston in Panama says. I've been given three weeks to live. <laughs> well, Langston, oh, this will cheer you up. I, um, I misread your email initially, and I thought you'd written three whelks to live. It gave me a pleasing mental image. Then I um, read the words terminal illness a little bit further down, and I put two and two together. It, it, it's good to laugh about these things, isn't it, Langston? Anyway, Langston says, I've got three weeks to live. I'm too unwell to leave the house so we'll have to leave my bucket list for another lifetime. Do you have any box sets to recommend? Box sets. I genuinely thought you were talking about selecting a suitable coffin. That's a bit less funny than the three whelks thing, admittedly, but do feel free to laugh at that unfortunate error as well. In answer to your question, Langston, I don't watch a great deal of television. My heartfelt advice turn off the TV. The ultimate box set is sitting right inside of you. Close your eyes Langston and binge watch your own life story. Your highs, your lows, your successes, your missed opportunities. No regrets, no bitterness. It's too late for all of that. Celebrate you, yeah? I've been getting some great feedback on the podcast lately. Thanks for all your constructive criticism, guys. It's uh, much appreciated. April in Darlington says, Best podcast ever. It is, isn't it? I agree. It doesn't quite justify using three full stops in one sentence, however. Talk proper. Denzel in Copenhagen says, Well, that's 45 minutes of my life I'm never getting back. I'll take that as a compliment, Denzel. I'm not sure what you're trying to say unless you have the ability to reverse time. There is literally no experience on earth that allows you to claim back the time you spent. You listen to the episode all the way through, that's the important part. You got to hear the theme song, which in many respects is the climax an already exhilarating ride got another request for some advice here from Alfonso Greaves who wishes to remain anonymous oh whoops sorry sorry Alfonso Um, Alfonso says I recently come into some money it feels right for me to give away several thousand dollars my friends and family are all undeserving scumbags, so they won't be getting a dime. I'd like to give it to charity, but which one? I don't want to give it to a cause that's close to my heart, because it would feel too self-centred. I know what poverty's like, so giving to the poor is out. I know what it's like to fall ill, so no medical charities either. What is there left? Very good question Alfonso. Um, I had a similar dilemma myself after I won the lottery a few years back. Yes, I was a uh, multi-millionaire for a short time. I'm not anymore. It's a long story. One for another time. I was almost swayed by the idea of contributing to an area of the arts that doesn't really interest me, like sculpture or something. Set up a grant for young sculptors to do their thing. But I couldn't help but start to feel passionate about the scheme so I ditched the idea altogether. Instead, I donated £100,000 to a charity offering legal aid to war criminals. You see, I agree with you, it's all about helping others, just not catering for your own interests. I'll send you the link if you're interested. I'm sure they could use your support. Twitter is Ragbag Frank, Facebook page is Ragbag Podcast. I've told you that several times now, I honestly can't be bothered ever to say it again, so just remember it this time, yeah? it's the end of the show what wonderful people you all are and what a wonderful experience all of this is in general visit frankburton.co.uk for full track listings and links to all the musical geniuses included on this show I only play geniuses by the way it's policy my policy genius policy buy my book a history of sarcasm if you don't there's not much I can do about that can't threaten you in any way, I can just ask you nicely, do it.